All right, welcome back to the Unwrapped Podcast, episode seventeen. Back with Sam Kimball. You are the Ryan Russillo to my Bill Simmons. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm wow. It's an honor to be compared like that. <laughs> you are uh, quarantining right now in Atlantic Canada. Yes, I am on day eight of fourteen. I've already tested negative once, so I just need. I'm gonna go test again, and then we can be on our way out soon. On the bright side, you got out of Ontario, maybe at a good time. I think I got out at the best time. <laughs> Seems things are not good there. No, no. Um. No. So we were just saying before we started that the last time we spoke was March sixteenth. I think. Yes. A yeah. lot has happened since then. A lot has happened on Sunday. I think that's yeah, where we started. A lot happened start. two days ago with the European Super League. Um. This has been something that was talked about over the last few years very sparingly i think it came up every like once a year i'd say um mm-hmm. and then seemingly out of nowhere two days ago it was agreed upon by 12 clubs would you like to walk us through what this is to sure. the best of your knowledge it's quite basically confusing. basically there's 12 teams the english big six if you can include tottenham and arsenal in the big six i don't know that's mm. up for debate as well as the big three in Spain and in Italy, we have Juventus and both Milan teams. And basically, their plan is to get three more, quote, founding members and then have five teams, I believe, kind of cycle in, a, cycle in year over year to form a 20-team league that will play midweek matches separate from the club's domestic leagues. And... Basically, I think the plan is the top six teams make a sort of playoffs. Top six or eight. I'm not exactly sure how it works. And then it kind of plays out like the Champions League from there. And it follows the same schedule, August to May. And the whole thing is currently being backed by the American company, JP Morgan, who is (laughs) signing, who's offering a bonus to different teams or to all the teams I believe the total is about $6 billion I think they're putting up to start this. It's been, there's been different numbers coming from different places, but it's a lot of money to each team who signs on. And, yeah, so it's it would effectively replace the Champions League. Yeah, the idea was to move out of the Champions League for these elite teams. Yes. Um, partly because of the new format that they're pushing, with they're adding four teams to make it 36 and then I think changing. they might be. I think they might be making it forty. Let me check. Here, it that is. was supposed uh, to be the big. That was supposed to be the announcement today. Was the new Champions League format? Yeah. So the new format. I'm reading off that athletic article. Uh, would eliminate the 32 team group stage and instead have a 36 team Swiss model league, where each club plays 10 matches. Um. And then it's just seeding, sort of, and then you go into knockout afterwards. Yeah, it seems like it's just a way to add more teams and play more games. Yeah. It's uh, so I, not going to it's not going to change who wins the tournament really. No. Um, but the big controversy about the Super League would be that there's no idea of promotion and relegation, which is sort of built into European soccer. 
uh, over the last hundred years. Um, that's yeah. That's the problem with the Super League. Yeah, that's it. Takes and, away, takes away all aspect of like risk. There's mm-hmm. no risk that you won't get your prize at the end. There's no risk that you might not be able to play in it next year. And there's no chance of a new team really joining and winning. Yeah. So the case for this is like Leicester City, um, three years ago, like fights out of relegation. Maybe it's like four or five years ago now. Um, over the last like month of the season, they make their way out of relegation, and then out of nowhere, one of the biggest upsets in sporting history, basically, in winning the Premier League. Like stories like that is what this is taking away. Yes. It takes away even teams like um, Atalanta or Monaco, who made runs to the Champions League semifinals or quarterfinals over the last few years. Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is just like a... It's a greed thing, I guess. Teams want more power over commercial, marketing, distribution, broadcast deals. It makes sense. It's what American sports are. <laughs> It's it. Uh, it's not surprising. Like you understand why they want to do it. I think that it would definitely. In I feel like it would increase slightly, maybe global popularity of the sport. Because you do have these big matches being played all the time, but I think the fan who watches this is kind of like they're trying. I feel like they're trying to appeal to a more American audience. Yeah, with this model, but I don't think it's gonna work. There's a lot of American owners, especially of the Premier League clubs. Um, so it'd be the Glazers who own the Buccaneers and Man United, uh, Kroenke who owns Arsenal, and just a bunch of American teams across various three, sports. Yeah, three teams. It's what the, like the the Rams, Rams the Nuggets, the Nut- and the Avs. Yeah. And the Rapids, I think. MLS. Yeah, and he owns a bunch of, like, uh, war. He owns, like, a Warzone team as well. <laughs> Sick. Um, yeah. So, since that statement that they had agreed to this came out on Sunday, UEFA and FIFA have now said that they will be banning those teams and those players from domestic leagues and international play yes which i'm not sure they're allowed i i'd be surprised if they're allowed to do that yeah i'm not really sure where the the line the internet, falls for their jurisdiction i think they can ban them from the champions league and from their own home competition but i don't think that they can ban them from international play it sounds like i was like i think gareth bale's agent kind of came with them today and said this won't hold up. Like if you try to ban us from playing in the Euros or the World Cup, can you imagine just like any sort of international play without all those players on those teams? Well, I mean, Germany would win. All their players play in the Bundesliga, <laughs> except for Kai Havertz and Timo. Yeah, I don't think they're missing much there. Norway might be able to make a run. <laughs> um. But yeah. I still I still have a feeling that's not going to happen. Yeah, so this morning there was a report that there is a Premier League team who is very mad at how this went down in the last two days. and I think it's my team. I It's either 
Chelsea, Chelsea or City. like Tottenham or City. No, I think it's Man City and Chelsea. Who I was reading, they did not want to join this. Yeah, in the Athletic but article, once, it said yeah, they just so, felt they were leaving left behind. Once they saw that all four other teams had signed it, they kind of had. You don't really have much of a choice at that point. I mean, you do yeah. obviously have a choice. <laughs> like I wish, like it'd be awesome if they hadn't signed it, but. You understand why they did it at that point, but it seems like they are having serious reservations of why they did this. Especially yeah. a team like Man City, like who is a very like working class place with a lot of fans who had no success up until the last ten years. Yeah, even they Chelsea. Were in, Chelsea they were the last third league in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, Chelsea. I mean, I think Chelsea's had a bit more history than Man City, but still, in the last twenty years, Chelsea's only become really worldwide relevant. Yeah. So they understand what it's like to break into the establishment, and they both did that, and they kind of have gone against letting anyone else ever do that by signing this document. But then you also hear from the te- some of the other members saying that once you've signed this, you can't get out. Like, I don't know if they're just saying that, but... Yeah, there's been... Like, no one seems happy about this except for the owners and chairman of those teams. Yeah. So I don't really I, see how this is going to go through. I've read some bad uh, journalism from the States. A lot of people are like, I don't understand why everyone's so upset about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's just like they're making like an NBA or an NFL. I think the best comparison, what I was thinking, and I've heard a few people say it, I, I made the mistake of watching ESPN yesterday afternoon and listening to them discuss the Super League. <laughs> that was a mistake. But anyway... I heard a comparison, which I had thought of earlier. It's similar to college football. If you took, if you just took the best teams out of the current Power Five conferences, you just took the three best teams out of each of those, and they just decided to make their own conference. Yeah, and they yeah. play for a, the title every year, and they just have made every other title irrelevant. I guess, yeah, that would be. The, it's hard to make th- another analogy for but it. But I think that's the best because college football has the same kind of regional like support. Mm-hmm. on a smaller scale because there's I guess there's like more colleges I feel like in a certain state than maybe Premier League teams but you know what I mean I feel like that's the most apt comparison to a North American version of a Super League yeah Um. so I don't know they, the UEFA president I think said by the end of the week they might be able to ban uh, the three teams in the semifinal of Champions League this year which would be ridiculous. I hope, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, this is a dream run. We made it to the semifinals of the Champions League. Uh, um, there was, I think just a few minutes ago, they were posting pictures of a protest outside Stamford Bridge. Yeah, there's a bit of protest going on right now, similar to uh, the one outside the Leeds Stadium yesterday. Yeah. What a moment when Leeds score that equalizing goal. I think everyone um, was rooting for that. Henderson, Chelsea. Oh, uh, six happened? minutes ago, Chelsea are preparing documentation to request to withdraw from the Super League. Oh, so it was probably them. Here we go. Bremovich. To quote, to quote Fabrizio. Here we go. <laughs> Fabrizio. Fabrizio's probably having a field day. This is what he wants. Um. This is what he lives for. Yeah. Wow. It's just coming down as quickly as it went up. What if... So Chelsea withdraw, 
they play Real next week, and Real's president is like the driving force of the Super League. It feels yeah, like, like the evil along with the Glazer. How about that storyline? Well, Zidane came out today and said, like, we had nothing to do with this. We didn't know anything about this until... Oh, it seems like no one... No. It seems like... How can you not know? I feel like they must have heard rumblings or something, but they maybe weren't given a say. Yeah, I know. But how can Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola come and say, oh, I don't have enough information to comment on this at this time? (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're PR... uh, Head of PR, which is like, well, shut you up. had Sky was interviewing someone Milner they, yesterday, or no, it, but it was, and they're saying no Super League questions. It was Tuchel, Tuchel was being interviewed oh, yesterday, yeah. yeah and, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea PR next to him said, said no Super League <laughs> no. questions. <laughs> Maybe that's why they knew they were going to pull out. So, wow, big breaking news! <laughs> breaking news on the pod. Um, we might we might be the first to release a podcast with this new information. <laughs> shout out to uh, the German teams and the French teams for staying away. Yeah, shout out to Bayern and Dortmund. I don't know why. It seems like the most PSG thing ever. I'm <laughs> shocked they're not in it. I think that they have a close tie. To- I think that the PSG and UEFA are very close, and I think that might be why. Probably. That's Did you I, I read about read. read about the Juventus chairman and the UEFA like president? Like one of them is like a godfather to the other's daughter, and then he went oh, yeah. back about all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, he's also the chairman of the European Clubs Association. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a lot of politics. All right. Yeah. Well, it seems so, like this might be done by the end of the week. You know. <laughs> Chelsea. Yeah, they are preparing to withdraw. From the Super League. It sounds like the game might be delayed by half an hour right now. You think? Apparently Chelsea's still stuck in their hotel. Oh, they I guess maybe the, of the roads are blocked. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, favorite bit of news was it's unclear at this stage who would be the main broadcast partner of the tournament after DAZN distanced themselves on Sunday <laughs> following reports. <laughs> Shout out to DAZN. <laughs> Those are my guys over at DAZN. How riveting, though, is this? I'm so glad Sky uh, decided to stream their show yesterday on YouTube. Yeah, that was good. So we were able to watch here and across the pond. But uh, that was very fun watching Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. They're great. Like, they're always been good. Jamie Carragher went a little bit uh, too hard on that Palace guy. Yeah, he was going in on him, (laughs) calling him out for, like, hypocrisy about some other things. Jeez. So... This is a it's a very as I like to say as we heard a lot one year ago it's a very fluid situation. <laughs> so we don't really have all the facts, you know. But shout out to all the players who have said. I thought Bamford gave a good interview after the game yesterday. Yeah, he. Milner obviously had like the quote that everyone ran. Mm-hmm. Jordan Henderson called a meeting of the captains. <laughs> you love the uh, the memes about. <laughs> Jordan Henderson pulling up with <laughs> Abba and Mark Noble. My favorite are the memes of Alba celebrating when the Arsenal lose ten one. <laughs> oh. How are Arsenal in this? They're ninth place in the Prem right now. Because <laughs> they were the Invincibles, so they have to. It's just yeah, it's very it's tough because like 
this just happens to be the best teams at this point in history. If mm-hmm. you do this Super League 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, every time it's different teams. Yeah. Dude, 10 years from now, I don't know where any of these teams are going to be. Yeah. We have no idea. Red Bull Leipzig will probably be running the world. <laughs> um, in other European soccer-related news, uh, Mourinho got sacked. It seems like Mourinho didn't get sacked because he was opposed to the Super League. It seems like no, he just got sacked rumor, for other reasons. That rumor came out of nowhere, and then Fabrizio set the... Uh... I wish it was true. <laughs> it would have been cool. But, yeah, it seems like... I thought it was weird to fire him six days before they play in the cup final, but... Yeah, they're, uh, the interim guy, Ryan Mason, he's pretty young, isn't he? I think I've played with him in FIFA, like the video game, like recently. <laughs> like maybe FIFA 15, I feel like he's still an active player. I can look that up. But I I feel like he played for like Hall or something. I thought I read he was younger than uh, Bale. Yeah, he's 29. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was right. He played for Hall City in 2016. Hall City wearing the FA Cup. How- he did play, he played eight years for Spurs, but six of them were on loan. So he didn't really play much. <laughs> he scored two goals in 53 appearances. What position does he play? He was a midfielder. Okay. It seems like a really random, he played one game for England in 2015. Was it like a testimonial? Uh, no, he just like cut, called up for the to the national team. Sick, good for him. Yeah, so I'm not really sure what his managerial experience is. It doesn't seem like he has any. He's been Same. on loan everywhere: Yeovil Town, Doncaster Rovers, Millwall, Lorient, Lorient B, Swindon Town. <laughs> He's living life. He's been all over the place. His most successful season was probably with Swindon Town. He scored five goals in 18 League One appearances. He seems like uh, the classic stats don't tell the whole picture, you know? We don't know. We didn't watch him play. Be less hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's really the big news of the soccer world right now. Well, it's hard to discuss like the Champions League final... When you don't know who's going to be Because we don't know there. if these three teams are going to be allowed to play. Yeah. And the Euros suddenly could be in doubt, maybe, with... I think, the, I think, it'll, all, I think it'll all come back. I'm expecting... It sounds like UEFA released like a plan like how they're going to pay all these teams just as much money just to stay. <laughs> yeah. All so right. let's, hope, let's hope it all blows over and we see Chelsea play PSG in the Champions League final. And then Mbappe and Neymar just rip up Alonso and, uh, I don't know. Alonso will not be starting in the Champions League final. Ben Chilwell, come on. <laughs> All right, let's hop back over to our side of the pond. NBA, we are about a month away from the play-in tournament. How excited are you for play-in tournament games? So I just learned that I had the play-in tournament. I did not know how it worked. 
Yeah, so you, Would is. you mind explaining me? I thought it was 7v10 and 8v9, but I've That's just what learned... I thought too. But I just I, learned yesterday that it was not that. So basically, the 7... So the 7 through 10 teams are the play-in tournament teams. 7 plays 8, and the winner of that is, is the, the 7th seven seed. Okay. Yes. 9 plays 10, and the winner of 9-10 plays the loser of 7-8. Okay. And that person is the eighth seed. Oh, so the seventh, the team who came seventh all year could just lose two games in a row and they're not, suddenly not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like that seventh seed could be like three games ahead of any of the other teams and just be out. I thought that they would have to like beat them twice or something. No. I guess huh. if you if you are a nine or ten seed, you have to win two games. I know, but I thought that. I guess the way I had pictured it was that. The seven and ten and eight and nine teams would play each other, and the ten seed would have to beat the seven seed twice in a yeah. row. Yeah, that's what it was in the bubble last year. Last I guess year. that's why that's why I thought that's what it was gonna stay like. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Um. As it stands now, in the East you have Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, who have the three of them have leveled themselves off from the rest of the pack as the top three. It seems like. The Sixers, I think they'll get the one seed. Nice. It looks like the Nets will most likely have resting the last rest of the season. Yes. And it and seems like that. Well, so pretty locked in one, two, three. Sixers, and there's this Nets, big Fox. like clump of teams for four through six: Atlanta, Boston, New four York, through seven, really. Miami. Yeah. I would. Inc- Miami could be there too. And then, so yeah, <laughs> one of those teams will have to play in the play-in tournament. Yeah. Probably Miami or New York. Yes, I would agree. Then, and then you have a, the Hornets are falling off a cliff because they their whole team got hurt. Well, apparently Lamelo might be back in a week. Really? Yeah, his wrist well, just maybe, healed. But I still don't think they're gonna. They were looking good for you know a four who really or five seed for the Pacers. Well, they they probably shouldn't have traded Oladipo. For being honest, because <laughs> um, they ended up trading into a team that they were trying to fight in a roundabout way, and he ended up in Miami. Yeah, and then he's been injured, like basically his entire time. I don't know. Oladipo is, I don't know. He's. Um, come, I was remember when we were very excited that he was going to come to the Raptors in free agency this summer. Mm-hmm. I'd still take him. <laughs> I much as I like, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm a big fan of the Bembry Stanley Johnson pairing. I fully expect. We'll do a little Raptors rant afterwards, but okay. I don't think Johnson will be on the team next year. I think Bembry might. So the Pacers are falling off. The Wizards are on a... They're on Russell, a set, set, they've won five games in a row. Russell Westbrook. Hashtag why not. Bradley Beal. Leading the NBA in scoring. I mean, Steph might take that. I'll probably pass that. So, it'll, yeah, it's going to come down to the Pacers are falling back. So it might be Pacers, Bulls, Wizards, Raptors for two mm-hmm. play-in spots. Yeah. The Raptors, since they started resting guess... everyone, have won three in a row and are six and four in the last ten. But they don't have an easy schedule coming in, do they? They have next week. It's like Nets, and then they go on this four-game road trip, which is out west. Nuggets, Jazz, Clippers, Lakers. So... So we could just lose all five of the. We could lose all five, and then we just be done. 
Yeah. As or long we as could you... go three and two and hang in there. Oh my god. <laughs> I would love to see. I would love the Raptors to make a make the play in tournament. The Raptors make the play in tournament, and Lowry just detonates on Philly, and Maury is forever yes. a coward for not trading for him. We can get the Raptors. My fi- the best scenario for I would like is if the Raptors could play the Nets in the first round. <laughs> Or the I don't think it's possible for us to get to play the Bucks, but that'd be fun too. Um, if you were to choose now, who are your play-in teams? The Knicks against um, Washington and the Hornets versus the Pacers. Mm-hmm. So the Bulls trade for Vooch and then just completely fall, fall apart. Yeah, I don't think they're. I think the Wizards are on a bit of a roll right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I agree. It'll be some combination of those teams. I don't like the Bulls are just in hell right now since that trade, and then Levine got COVID presumably. I wanted to say the Hornets will fall out, but I don't think there's enough games, and they're five games ahead, so I don't think they will actually fall out. Yeah. Um. All right, let's do a little Raptors section. Okay. I've How kind of you... given up on watching the Raptors lately. <laughs> to be it's, honest, been, it's been kind I of fun just band. watching them, like the, the bench guys. As I watched uh, Promising Young Woman the other night, I did have the Raptors game on to the side. Um, I think malachi getting real minutes is a good thing he seems he looks, pretty he's not bad he's pretty good he's turning into what they thought he would be um yeah, it's just, it just makes sense it took him a little time yeah he didn't get the benefit of the amount of like 905 games he would have gotten in a regular season um so this is good boucher is just like so hit or miss he's either gonna have like 30 and 15 or just like eight and eight i think he was worth the money that they paid oh it's a really good deal he's non-guaranteed next year I think he'll get. I think he'll. I'm pretty sure he'll pick it up. Yeah. Um. What about? I haven't really watched much Kem Birch. What are we? What are our thoughts on him? Well, here's the thing: Birch and uh, Gillespie, the 10 day guy, they signed. They signed him to a he... second, second 10 day. Okay. Um, they're just so much better than Baines. But I think Baines was so bad that any sort of like reasonable <laughs> center play was gonna look good. Is Baines' um, contract guaranteed next year? No. Okay, I think he's gone. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, um, who else? That's Birch and Gillespie are pretty good. I think they would be on the team next year as backup centers, assuming we can go out and sign like Rashawn Holmes. So what about Boucher? Boucher, they're playing him at a four now. They play him oh. with with a center. And Siakam. That that I don't know because Siakam hasn't played like four games now. I don't know. I think Kyle Lowry's not going to be on the team next year, though. That is what I also think. Um, yeah. He, I mean, he's pretty old now, and I think he knows, like, he could probably try and go chase a ring somewhere. Yeah, and I feel like he, like, everyone on the Raptors, I'm glad he stayed for the rest of the season. I'm glad we didn't trade him. Although he, it's too bad that it couldn't be in Toronto, though. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine his last game in Toronto was like I don't know, some nondescript game like last February or something? It might have been the no. The we played the Jazz, but that was in Utah, wasn't it? That was in Utah. That was right before everything 
That was, yeah, the OG versus Gobert game. <laughs> um, what we should do is we should buy tickets for Lowry's game back next year. <laughs> True. Um, we could I don't know. Just, we could buy it now and just anticipate what team it'll be. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with uh, moving forward with, like, Fred, OG, Pascal, Flynn, Trent. We didn't talk about Gary Trent Jr., your new favorite player. I was very anti-Gary Trent. And now I'm very pro Gary Trent. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about those like core five and some of these fringe guys. We just need another play. We just need a good player, like well, a, a star. We, we might get that in the draft, you know. Yeah. Well, I and would then... be. I would si- sign me up for some Davion Mitchell. <laughs> He's pretty. Uh, he works pretty hard. They might say. <laughs> um. How did the NBA lottery... Like, what are our chances? Let me look this up. I have uh, the entire chart here. Hold on. Oh. So, if you finish last in... If you finish in the last three spots, you all have a 14% chance at the first pick and 52.1 at top four. Yeah. If you are the last team, you the lowest you can pick is five. And then six, seven, eight, nine going down. Uh, second worst, third worst, fourth worst, fifth worst, so on. So, assuming the Raptors fall somewhere between like. It looks like they're between seventh and ninth, I'd say. Yeah. So, our chance at the number one pick could be anywhere from like seven and a half percent to. Four, three... and a half, four, four and a half percent. Yeah. But I was looking at the last two years. Both the teams that finished in this position moved up a ton. Like, Memphis moved up, like, six spots to get to Jaw. And then, who was the second pick last year? Uh, Wiseman? Yeah. yeah. They had the, they were there, though, already. Oh, someone else. Oh, the Hornets moved up a bunch of places to get to LaMelo at third, I think. So, I don't know. Like, you could finish anywhere between five and eight and still move up a pretty decent amount. I agree. So, you know what? I'm okay with the future. We just need a top six pick. Yeah, this draft is really good. I'm including Davion in the top. I mean, he's making it a big six. All right. The West is super interesting um, as it stands. Utah, Phoenix, Clippers, Denver, Lakers, Portland are your six teams. And then it's kind of jam-packed, 7 through 10. We just need the Spurs to get out of this playing game. As much as I like DeRozan, I don't want to watch the Spurs. Is it... Are, like, the Pelicans, do they have a chance of getting in? You, They've lost three in a row, another three and a half games out. The uh, Stan Van Gundy experiment. Not going to not. Good. I think he's going to be not there next year. Um, I hope they can get in. That would be fun. We could have... A combination of, you have Luca, Ja, Steph, and Zion, and just four, one of all of those teams <laughs> playing each other. <laughs> yeah. Portland was gonna, really going to fight to stay out of this, I think. Yeah. I thought first, the Nuggets are too far away to fall back into that, and Michael Porter Jr. is playing amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers the Laker, are supposed to get... The Lakers are impressively staying in the fifth seed. Yeah. They've really held up well without their guys. 
AD is yeah. supposed to come back sometime this week or next week, I think. I'm sure he won't play a lot, but it'll definitely help them. Um, Phoenix, is it time to a referendum on Chris Paul? <laughs> he just turns every team around. Honestly, like, I find Phoenix so irrelevant. <laughs> like, I, just Phoenix? Could, I just couldn't care less if they're good or not. I'm way more interested in the Jazz than Phoenix. I just, I don't know why, I just never have liked Devin Booker. I just don't like him. <laughs> okay, I can't think I of I think he's a bit more. of a... He's a bit of a fraud. Like, everyone says how good he is, but it took Chris Paul coming to his team and then improved it by so much. Oh, yeah, this is definitely more about Chris Paul than anyone else. Yeah. Um, like, they had the pieces there, but they needed Chris Paul. That's what I'm saying. Um, they, their coach will be the coach of the year, though. Monty? Yeah. It's uh, Monty or Quinn Snyder, probably, for Jazz. Oh yeah, you could. Yeah, actually, yeah, I didn't think of that. They kind of ran through the league at least for like the first half. What's Donovan's injury status? Um, they said he was gonna miss some time, but it wasn't as severe as, as it looked. Yeah, that was concerning. I wish we could have had that news for Jamal. <laughs> Depression for Canada basketball so and Denver. Did you bring your Jamal jersey home with you? Is it still in your no, room? No, it's still in my room. It'll be waiting for me when I get back. Don't worry. What are you going to wear to the beach during the summer? <laughs> I'll just go buy something. <laughs> um, a Gary, a Gary Trent jersey. Norman Powell. I'm still sticking. I'm still sticking with my preseason finals prediction of Clippers Bucks. Do you believe in the Clippers? Yeah, I do. Okay. Especially if it stays like the standings stay like this. Some of these they play they play Portland, who I think they could beat. I think they match up well against Portland. Yeah, because you just I have would... Kawhi, you just have Kawhi and PG guards Steph and or sorry Damon McCollum. Yeah, also Whoa, what a what a Freudian slip that was. <laughs> <laughs> also, Portland's defense is like non-existent. So <laughs> yeah, that would work out for them. And then they play either possibly the Suns or the Jazz, who I think they would beat. Yeah. The only chance that... Yeah, I still have a Clippers-Lakers. If they don't have to play each other in the second round, I think they'll play each other in the conference finals. And they'll be fans. Mm-hmm. Staples Center. And an underrated aspect is that fans are coming back. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to have... The Mavs could have a lot of fans. Um, Texas allows for that. I feel like Phoenix probably would. Utah, probably. Oh, definitely. Um, Memphis. Probably not the Portland. S- I feel like the same with the Staples Center. Yeah. Although by the time we get to conference finals... So it's a while from now. Especially in the States, everyone's of, getting that's vaccinated. The, that's the end of June. That's two months away. Yeah. I think they'll be... I think we'll have not full stadiums, but I think we'll have 50% capacity, maybe. I'm going to open a tankathon do a lottery sim quickly <laughs> so the current worst eight teams in order houston minnesota detroit orlando okc cleveland sacramento toronto chicago's so eight was that as eighth right chicago's pick goes to orlando if they're outside the top five i think that's this year's pick and the uh the Minnesota pick goes to Golden State if it's inside the top three. Yes. 
And there's one other thing. The Rockets pick goes to OKC if it falls outside the top four or five. Yeah, there's a super confusing, like, Rockets, OKC, Miami thing with the pick. I don't, I forget what it is. It's just really confusing. I don't think, it's a really big battle here, though, between the Rockets and the T-Wolves. They have the same record right now. <laughs> right now, Houston has the tiebreaker for the worst somehow. I don't know <laughs> what it is. They're right. probably, I don't even know what the tiebreaker would be. I simmed the lottery once. Detroit moved up two spots to the number one pick. Wow. Kane, sorry. You have to go play at Quicken Loans Arena. Is that there? <laughs> Is it Quicken Loans? I thought that was Cleveland. I know. Maybe they're Rocket Mortgage now. No, no Detroit's oh, something Detroit's else. Detroit's not Quicken Loans. Isn't it's, it Little um, Caesars? It's Little Caesars. Even um, worse. What else? Minnesota stayed second, so... No pick for Golden State this year. I think the pick just becomes unprotected next year. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it's arguably worse. It might be better if they fell like five this year and they got to get rid of it. What a trade. <laughs> Houston moved down two to three. And then the rest was like, oh, where did Toronto stay to eight? <laughs> Damn. There's some good people, though. There's a couple of guys in Kentucky. It's a good draft. It's a good year to be bad. There's a lot of good guys. So we, I think we should try to lose these next five games. Yeah. Um, what if we got the number one pick? Oh, Can you imagine? Even a, top, a top three pick. Man, if we get... Suggs, Mobley, or Cade. <laughs> We're there. I might put a futures bet on next year's finals. Ugh. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay, speaking of drafts. Yeah. The yeah. NFL draft, 2 days right. away. Let me open up my uh <laughs> my extensive research. So, we could have four quarterbacks go the top 4 picks. <laughs> yes. Take us through the well, 1 and 2 are basically decided. So, Yeah, we're going Lawrence Wilson, not Russell Wilson. Zach Wilson. Um, pick three is now owned by the San Francisco 49ers through a series of trades. So what they did is they traded up from 12 and then... With, my, with Miami. And Miami, and Miami traded back up. Back to six with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like Mac Jones is the pick at number three. Let me ask you, how weird is it that the Niners traded up from 12 to three traded three first round picks to get mac pick. jones <laughs> it's i don't think mac jones is bad but I, I, it's not as good as trevor lawrence like i feel like i don't know i feel like he's not as good as jimmy g would be this year i assume i don't know he would still i don't know I, I don't know a lot about quarterbacks kyle shanahan probably knows more than i do so i will defer yeah. my judgment to him but yeah i I'm excited to watch it, though. I really don't know what's going to happen. This is one of the more interesting NFL drafts in recent memory. Last year, I feel like it was pretty chalk. Like Jeff Okuda. But like everyone knew who everyone was picking. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones has the benefit of playing under an Alabama offense. It's the, same, it's the same deal as like Tua. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm reading the uh, Athletics big board. They have Trey Lance as the third quarterback behind Wilson and Lawrence. And then Fields. What happened fourth. to Justin Fields? 
Yeah. Can we talk about how Justin Fields is falling out of nowhere after like he played Man. so well in those playoff games? <laughs> remember? Remember when he I crushed remember, Clemson? I remember, yeah, sitting on the couch watching that and thinking. And everyone was like, could, Ju- could Justin Fields be better than Trevor Lawrence? Remember when he got like sacked 20, like 20 times, was like crawling on the ground, and then just played through it? I, I mean, he might not be a good pro quarterback, but he was very fun to watch in college. The only weakness that I've seen is that he's like slow with his reads maybe and maybe I, locks I've on also the read that he's a and he's a bad at throwing the football i don't know apparently his mechanics are off i did hear that what about his hand size though i think that's all that really matters <laughs> more importantly he ran a 4-4 40 yard dash <laughs> i feel like he's a quarterback that you pick to be your backup though for a little while yeah I, the only guys who will probably be starting are wilson and lawrence I don't expect any other guys to start right away. Yeah, unless Denver takes someone. Denver you could. You don't like Drew Lock. I don't mind Drew Lock. I think he's very average. Um, Not even very average. He's very below average. He's like the twenty third best quarterback. Kyle Pitts, generational Kyle Pitts is really tight good. end. I watched a few Florida games, and he's really good. He's apparently just like amazing. I think this is it'll be interesting. The Lions sitting at the seventh pick. It's kind of a bad place to be because there's like six really good people to pick. There's like three really good non quarterbacks, and it's probably the first six picks probably those three really good people and the three quarterbacks. So we'll be stuck picking someone random. Since, uh, but we might get a receiver, I guess. Since he has a weird position at five where they can either probably take Sewell or one of those really good receivers. Um or even possibly Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Although I think Kyle Pitts will go to Atlanta. I think Atlanta would should take Kyle Pitts. Although I think Atlanta, they're open to trading down. Atlanta's could be a value bet. Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts. They weren't that bad last year. They had a horrible record in close games, so that's like the the key stat for if you're going to have a turnaround. <laughs> um, I'm looking at an athletic mock draft, the most recent one. They have the Lions trading down from seven. I would not be upset with that. With the Patriots. We need as many... No, we can't trade the <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> you would get 15, 46, and a 2022 third-round pick. Okay. Yeah, and we need as many good players as we can. Like, our team is just full of bad players, so... <laughs> Let me see who they took at 15. Probably... Hopefully... We could probably draw down to 15 and still pick a linebacker, which I think Ver- is... Vera Tucker, offensive lineman. Protect Jared Goff at all costs. I'm excited for Jared Goff to be a lion. Yeah. What is the like? He'll just he'll be the quarterback, I guess, right? They're not going to go after yeah. anyone else. Yeah. yeah. He for two. There's two more years in his contract, so I think he's the quarterback for two years, and then we'll see how it goes. Miami's going to get. I've always liked Jared Goff. Yeah, I don't have anything against Jared Goff. I think that's what we talked about in the podcast last time. Probably. Like he just, he's good. Yeah. He's not bad. How happy are you that you subscribe to the Athletic though? So happy. That dollar—it's like a dollar a month. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, the Dolphins. Shout, are out, to the athle- shout out to the Athletic if you want to be the sponsor. <laughs> Miami's gonna have a really good pick of players at six. Um, Miami's season's just gonna come down to whether or not two is good. Yeah. And Dude, now they, they signed someone. They signed an, another. Did they sign someone to replace Fitzpatrick? That's what I'm just trying to think. Who's their backup now? 
I don't know. They could probably... Yeah. They could get Chase, I would assume, is available at six. Jacoby Brissett. Oh. He'll come in for, like, those one-yard, fourth-and-one plays. <laughs> Sick. I'm going to get a Miami jersey. Isn't Jaco- is not Jacoby a lefty as well? No. No, he's a righty. Um, so, yeah, that the draft, I can't say I know a lot about the prospects, but I'm excited to watch it. Are you excited for Sam Donald in Carolina? Really excited. <laughs> um, Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. Seems like he's just falling a lot because he's skinny. Which is kind of fair. Yeah. He's only he's 170 pounds. Rocked. <laughs> um, he's like your size. Yeah. I'm I mean, not, he's probably a little bit He's taller than more. me, but we don't weigh that much more different. Yeah. This you one. Think you can play the, you think you can play in the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> to see. They have him going at 12th to Philly. Which is that would make sense. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> they have Alabama the, connection. They have the Bears trading up to thirteen to get Mac Jones. Huh. So they have Trey Lance going to the 49ers? They have Trey Lance going to the Patriots in the trade up to seven. So who are the 49ers speaking? Justin Fields? Yeah, they have Fields. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. I really feel like anything could happen. It's exciting. It is. All right. Formula One, two races into the 2021 season. It seems like we have a championship fight. I don't like to say that because there's only been two races. A lot could still happen. And I would still, if you said put all your money on one person, I'm still putting it all on Hamilton. Yeah. But I'm cautiously optimistic about Red Bull's hopes. It um, looked for a second like they were going to throw that one away yes- yesterday, and they didn't. So that was good. When Verstappen started sliding all over the track on that restart. Yeah. It's been two good races, though. Like, they weren't not entertaining. Especially the second the first, race. I think the first one was more exciting. Oh, really? like, like, the rain was... I don't like it when they start in the rain. I yeah. like when they start in the dry, and then it starts raining halfway through. <laughs> and then they have to figure out... I like, the, yeah, I like the, dry to, the dry to wet better than the wet to dry. Oh. I don't know if you agree. The, although, the, the wet start is chaos. Man... Like, I don't know if any of the guys in the back see anything. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> but, yeah, I think both teams are being let down right now by the number two drivers. Perez and Bottas had tough days at the office. Bottas just gets rocked by Russell. <laughs> Whose side are you on? I, it, I think I'm on Team Bottas. <laughs> I, it looked like it was Russell's fault. They were trying Bottas, to claim in the analysis that Bottas played a little a little. But shift if you right. look, that's the, that's the racing that's the line. line. Yeah. The dry line is just goes slightly over that way. Russell just catches the grass and just like beers left into him. And then he goes over and like throws something at his head in the car. <laughs> George. What so else? Drive to Survive is going to love that. <laughs> did you enjoy Drive to Survive season three? We haven't talked about that. I did. I love Drive to Survive. Yeah, it was good. I didn't. The one thing I only didn't like was the Carlos Lando beef <laughs> i think uh grosjean really enjoyed the fact that he got a whole episode to himself basically well he did almost die i know <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Um, I've been trying to weird that there was no George Russell mention at all, even though like he raced in Bahrain for Lewis. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't cover that. I thought that could be a part of that episode. They didn't really show much of the uh, the fake the tire switch when they put on Bottas. Yeah, I they like didn't really explain what was going on there. What else happened? Um, Vettel. Vettel was the best part. He was my favorite part. Yeah. He hasn't been good this year. Oh, he should have retired. Yeah. I'm not sure that uh, Aston Martin made the right choice in signing him. I think they have two below average drivers right now. (laughs) I I hate to say it because they're probably my two favorite drivers, but none of them are that good. No. Perez, did he finish second? Yeah. What? Where did he finish yesterday or two days ago? 12th. 11th. He spun out on the after the oh, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of spinning. I bet I unfortunately at the red flag, I was looking through the odds and I bet on Perez to win. He was forty to one and he was in fourth place and I was like That's really good odds for being in fourth place. Like just has to pass three cars. <laughs> I also thought at that point there was gonna be a standing start too, so I thought he had a, a chance. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be a standing start and then they just went, so I was confused. I don't, I don't know, know what the rules are. I think they didn't do a standing start because of the dry tires on like a track that was like half wet, half dry. Mm-hmm. So I think they felt it might not be fair to the guys who had to start on the wet side. No. But still, I didn't know that, and then I was I only put a dollar on it, so it's not like a, a huge loss. But as soon as he spun, I was like, wow. Um, but yeah, uh, McLaren and Ferrari seem like they're the third and fourth best teams. That's a little good battle going on. I like it. Alpha Tauri should be up there probably, but their driver Well, Sonoda just had a nightmare weekend and then they the team just messed up Gasly's strategy and had him on the wrong tires. <laughs> he just kept losing like two places every lap for the first ten laps. <laughs> push Pierre, push. <laughs> oh. Um Yeah. Sonoda, like I feel like they're good drivers, but I every think Sonoda's could... just gonna have he's gonna have a a qualifying where he just like qualifies like second or third like he's just kind of a crazy but a lot of times he's gonna do what he did and just crash out he's one of those guys he seems like he's just crazy in like a he's fun like way young verstappen like just like all over the place like verstappen would just be on like just on such a fast lap that he'd crash but then he'd also like have his times where he was like insane i think yuki is kind of like that yuki track limits becoming a big problem <laughs> What a weird controversy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lando had finished second in qualifying, and then he had exceeded. I think it would have ended up being... Th- I think it was going to end up being third. Yeah. I thought he was going to be first. He was willing really well. He's been awesome this year. He has been. He's taken the next step. <laughs> How much longer is he real- I don't know. Uh, Ricardo must have had, like, damage on his car. I think Because he was... Him. He was getting beat by, like, a second and a half a lap to Lando. Yeah. They had switched them because they were like, Lando's just better. I hope he had damage. Otherwise, it's just embarrassing. I feel like Ricardo's just there for, like, good times, you know? Like, he's good enough to be, like, an F1 driver. He's just kind of chilling. I think he'll... I think it might take him a while to get used to the car as well. That, like, Renault, his first season, he wasn't great. And his second season, he was really good. Yeah. So it might be kind of like that. Hmm. But yeah, I'm excited that uh, there's two teams that can win races now instead of just one. 
But there's still, it seems like there's still only two drivers that can win. Yeah, probably. What's the over-under on number of races won by Perez and Bottas combined? Two and a half? I was going to say one and a half, but... <laughs> I think I'd take the over one and a half. Yeah. I think they each might win one. Bottas definitely going to win one. Yeah, Bottas isn't... He I always just don't know. wins. Like, yeah, two. He win... Yeah, so I would... Perez... I feel like it's more likely that Red Bull just, like, have Perez not win. <laughs> like, I feel like Mercedes are actually more likely to let Bottas win a race than let Perez win. Red Bull would let Perez win. Yeah, totally possible. Just an interesting one. We'll say two and a half over under. I'm taking the under on two and a half. Okay. Although, no, there's a lot of races this year, actually. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. Because there's, like, 23 races or something ridiculous. How do you feel about the Miami edition to next year? Could be cool. Could be cool. Hard Rock Stadium. I think they might get rid of like Mexico race, maybe. Mm. Would they do that to Perez? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's time to move on to the the most exciting topic of this podcast. Yeah, what we really came here for. Twenty twenty one Oscars. Sunday night. No host. In person, though. Yeah, I'm just looking up what the, what is the deal with this year's. So basically, there's gonna be an outdoor. Lo- it's outdoors, I think. So like the. Uh, there'll be the people. Grammys. There'll be people inside and people outside. There's like two locations, kind of. Kind of like the Grammys, okay. But it sounds like all, everyone is mostly everyone who's nominated for an award can go. Okay. And bring someone with them. It sounds like. Um, so you and I decided to watch some of the Best Picture nominees. I think I watched, there's eight nominated, is that right? Yeah. Yes. I watched, I've watched four out of eight. Okay. So Best Picture, the nominees are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Yes, so I have seen Trial of Chicago 7, No Bad Land, Mank, and Promising Young Woman. Okay. And you have seen I, all four of those as well? I have seen Trial of Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, Mank. I haven't seen No Bad Land. Okay, so we've each seen half, but we have a... Yes, we have a different one. Okay. Um, so... Of the four that you've seen... I, my ranking is Promising Young Woman is number one. I think I'd go Trial of Chicago 7, number 2, Mank, number 3, and then Nomadland 4. What was so bad about Nomadland? It's really boring. <laughs> what is it about? It's our main problem. What's like a... It's just depressing and boring. Um, Frances McDormand's husband dies, and then she decides to live in her van, basically, and drives around to different people. And then everyone in the movie is like real people. Mm-hmm. So she just was like actually living in a van, like interacting with these people who have lived in a van as well. She's really good. Like the acting is really good by her. You kind of forget she's in the she's acting. You kind of think that she just actually lives in her van, and then she meets this guy, David Strathairn is the actor's name, I believe. He is most famous in my head for saying, "Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne." Oh my um, guy, that guy. <laughs> Uh, he's in the movie, and he's pretty good, too. 
but at the end, yeah, it's just it was really bleak. It's, it should win best cinematography. The cinematography was really good, but uh, I'm sure it's an Oscar type movie. But I just didn't like it. Yeah, it definitely sounds like an Oscar movie. Um, yeah. okay, out of the four that I have seen, I would probably go Promising Young Woman one, uh, Sound of Metal two, Mank three, and Trial of Chicago seven four. Okay, so first I want to talk about Sound of Metal because I haven't seen it. I was gonna watch it. And then it just seemed too depressing. Is it it's, depressing? I wouldn't say it's depressing. It's quite serious, and it definitely makes you think. It's um. Do you know the story? It's a. I'm gonna. I'll probably watch it, but I basically know it's about a drummer who's going deaf. Yeah. So he goes deaf, um, and just about him trying to learn how to cope with that. I guess sort of rejection and denial at first. Um, the what most people talk about when they talk about the movie is the sound design, which is very immersive. Um, really? And at times, it's, like, quite frightening, I'd say. Because it's, like, how it sounds inside his head? or Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, goes through the process of thinking about getting, like, an implant, things like that. Okay. Definitely would recommend. You liked it? A lot, yeah. So then, I guess, next, why do you have Mank versus Trial Chicago 7? Because I've been going back and forth. On those two? I just, I had Mank ahead until right now when I just decided to switch them. But they're very, I like them both equally. I, I it would be pretty close. I haven't watched Chicago 7 in a while. Um, Same. I, when, I when watched it, it out? when it came, I watched it when it came out. It yeah. was in the fall. Yeah. I think it was in November. Um, I just thought like, it just felt like, sort of like an Oscar, Oscar grab. I don't know. Like it didn't do much for me. Not that Mank did much more, but I thought Mank from the production stand, standpoint, and acting standpoint, put it over the top. Yeah, Trial of Seven had a better story to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just I, I just found it more interesting, I guess. Um, but if I had to watch, if I like, if I'm having, if you say you can only watch one of them again, I'm probably watching Trial of Chicago Seven again. Fair. Would you agree? Maybe. I, I think like I would. tomorrow I might say Trial of Chicago Seven. Yeah, but I really enjoyed Meg. Gary Oldman just like never, never disappoints. So good, and I liked both all the supporting actors too. Mm -hmm. Amanda Uh, Seyfried was good. I just watched Mean Girls last night, so I saw her. Mean Girls, like I didn't watch it for a really long time, and then the first time I did, I was just like blown away. Literally, that's how I was thinking. I was like, I just like like I was pretty tired, and I was like, I don't watch a movie, and I picked like I watched Friends with Benefits the night before, so I went to Mean Girls last night. It was super enjoyable. I was like, why am I enjoying this this much? It was really good. It's really good. A little says a little side. But uh, Amanda Seyfried in both. I liked her. I liked the... Lily like Collins? Yeah. She's good. I really liked her. Who else was And in? I liked... Uh, um, Tywin Lannister was in it. Yeah. He was... Um, that's, that's what I was about, was about to say, yeah. Yeah. He was good, as always. He plays his classic mean old guy. <laughs> I thought it was a nice little uh, peek into a weird historical time right before the war. I also had watched Citizen Kane mm. right before. Did you enjoy it? I watched it the day before. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I like the, fir- the first hour and a bit. You kind of get it lost. Kinda, it kind of drags on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rosebud. Rosebud. <laughs> 
It's I liked it though for being for being a movie made in 1940. It was really good. Yeah, it's like a it's a classic of classics. I'd say. And I think that it helps having seen that when you watch Meg because you kind of understand more of where he's getting the story from. Yeah. I just really enjoyed watching Meg. I just really liked Gary Oldman. I was really blown away by the um, the sets and the production. All right, let's move on to our favorite movie of the year. Promising. Yeah, the woman. best probably. Yeah, it's. I think I have it on the level with Parasite in nineteen seventeen from last year. I enjoyed it that much. I know I'm enjoying a movie when I just kind of find myself like smiling. Yeah. Like I'm just watching and, and I'm like, it, this is so fun. And when it's over, you're like really sad. Yeah, because also I didn't go into it with any expectations. Oh, me neither. I was which like, is, I really have no idea what this is going to be like. Which is really good with these small, not independent, but one-off movies, which is a bit of a problem in the Hollywood we have now with all these like superhero uh, franchise-type movies. Like, I know what to expect going to those. It doesn't really take away from it, but not knowing about a movie like this going into it really adds to it. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea what was going to happen. I knew kind of the plot but i tried and I, I watched half the trailer because i watched the first half of the trailer, i was like oh this is interesting so i'm gonna not watch the rest of it but yeah it was awesome it was unexpected at every turn the soundtrack was awesome carrie mulligan my, my new favorite actress it was yeah it was r- really good the ending is a bit controversial i'm sure we'll get to that but yeah um yeah it's carrie mulligan Awesome. Has a really good chance to win Best Actress, probably. I guess it would be between her and Frances McDormand. It's not really, though. Frances McDormand is fourth out of the five on the odds. Oh, wow. Okay. It's both um, Viola Davis and uh, the... Um... Vanessa Kirby? No. Oh, Andra Day. Andra Day from the Billy Holiday movie. Okay. I want to watch uh, Pieces of Woman with Vanessa Kirby sometime soon. I'll try and do that this week. Um, but yeah, Carrie Mulligan was awesome. The uh, casting is in, the casting is really good. The casting like these fifteen minute like cameos almost by certain people. So good, really good. You have uh, Seth Cohen from the OC first, then you have McLovin. <laughs> McLovin, Christopher Mintz-Plasse. Yeah, you have a brief Alfred Molina cameo. Allison Brie. Um, who else? We had. Uh, Max Greenfield, I think his name is, from New Girl. Yes. As well at the end. Yeah, casting was great. Um, cinematography was good. I got a little bit of La La Land vibes from some of the things like the coffee shop or the color choices. Yeah, it really popped. Yeah. Um, the outfit, is, like the costume design was really good too. Mm-hmm. Hair and, and makeup. The, the screenplay was really good. Yeah. I th- apparently, like, it's a real serious conversation of it. It might beat Sorkin's screenplay, which I think when I think, Sorkin wrote a screenplay, he probably thought he had a lock. Yeah, I think the problem with Sorkin movies when he writes and directs is that maybe he has too much choice and influence over <laughs> it. <laughs> like, it just feels like Sorkin everywhere. He probably should have decided to just write that or just direct it. Yeah. What is another? I think he directed Molly's Game as well. Like he, that was one of his writing and directing movies. It very similar movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like then you get Social Network, where it's good that he didn't direct that. Yeah. Fincher gave a very good taste of his. So own I don't think, I don't think 
promising young woman will win best film. It's an out. It has an outside shot though. Of the not main choices. Well, it seems like Nomadland and Trial of Chicago Seven are the top two favorites right now, and then you have Minari and Promising Young Woman in the conversation as well. It seems like it's kind of those four movies are the mm. the four favorites. Would you say? I think so. Have you opened? What are the betting odds? Uh, Nomadland is a is a heavy favorite. Okay. That makes sense. I think it might even I, be minus. I think it might be minus odds. Yeah. Um. I got. I bet on Carrie Mulligan at plus one thirty seven for best actress. What is your potential gain? I only put five dollars on it. Okay. But for me, that's a bit of a big stake. I'm the <laughs> usual one dollar, two dollar bet kind of guy. <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to talk about the ending of Promising a Woman? Or get oh, yeah. the story. Can we talk about the soundtrack too? Yeah. Sure. Soundtrack is really good. <laughs> yeah, soundtracks are really important. I, like, I think so. They're on, especially in that kind of movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause, it's a serious movie, but the soundtrack helps to give some levity at some points. Yeah. Um, Storyline did too. Like the scenes with her parents are really funny. Yeah. The scene in the convenience store is really good. It really, it, it's a movie that just takes you, the first 15 minutes you're staring at the screen and you're like, what is happening? I'm, I'm physically uncomfortable to be watching this right now. Like, why did I, but then the next like half hour, you're like, like you're really, it kind of brings you back up again. And then the ending, it kind of takes you back down. Hmm. So the general plot is that Carrie Mulligan plays um, a woman. Cassie. Cassie who is taking revenge for the rape and eventual death of her friend in med school when they were both in med school together. Which is probably about five to seven years earlier. Yeah. You don't really figure out what she's doing for a while. Um, they ha- they hint at it throughout, and yeah. then you kind of finally understand at a certain point they explain why she's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and it kind of goes through. She takes revenge on all the people involved, basically. So you have the girl who was another girl who was there who didn't report it and mm-hmm. said it was a lie. Damn. Then she goes to the dean, the dean of the medical school. Then she goes to the lawyer who helped the guy get off. And in the end, she goes to the actual guy. Yeah. And and she that then like she has her boyfriend in the movie who she meets. It turns out he was there as well, and we find that out yes. near the end. That's kind of a horrifying scene when she um gets the phone with the video from the friend yeah that was a lot that was tough um felt that i felt that one yeah and then the, so the ending she goes to find the guy who had sexually assaulted her friend and he's at his bachelor party and she goes to pretend to be the stripper and she takes him off she handcuffs him to the bed and it looks like she's going to She's gonna get like, her revenge. She's gonna like tattoo she's gonna his tattoo like, the girl's yeah, name. Carve the girl's name into his chest. Yeah. But it doesn't go well. It is a kind of a realistic that would be kind of unrealistic for that to work out for. And yeah. uh she ends up being suffocated to death after yeah. he breaks out of the handcuffs. <laughs> I was very a lot to I was end. Very shook at that end. I I thought that she might get out of that and like but no. Apparently, I read the final scene was supposed to be when they burn her body afterwards. Mm-hmm. That was the final shot was supposed to be of her nails, like, next to the fire. Yeah. 
but oh, the okay. studios thought that was a bit too dark. So they put in that. So they put in that. The that she had ending. planned. She had planned that this would happen, and yeah, all the characters get their deserved endings. Yeah, very good movie, and they're doing a good thing with uh, showing it for free at certain schools in the U.S. and things like that. Yeah, I think a lot of people should watch it. A lot of people will read the what it's about and not want to watch it. Yeah, but watching but it gives encourage... a different view. I would encourage you to watch it, and I think you'll educate yourself, as mm-hmm. they like to say. Um, I'm looking at some of the other categories. Best Director. Sounds like it's going to be Nomadland. Chloe Zhao. Uh, I think that's a pretty... We could have back-to-back Asian directors win. Yes. That would be a, a milestone, I guess. Best Actor. Riz Ahmed. I don't think will win, but I would be so happy if he did. For Sound of Metal. Who's the favorite? Oh, Chadwick. I haven't seen that movie though. Have you? I haven't seen it yet. It's on Netflix though, so I should probably watch it. Um, I just think I'd be really sad watching Chadwick Boseman after. I... Yeah. Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, and Stephen. So Newman. the father. I want to watch the father, but it just. I don't think I can do it. It looks too sad. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. It just like I think I would be. Very it's supposed upset. to be quite dark. Yeah. The subject, like. Yeah. Same with um. I didn't watch Judas and the Black Messiah because it seemed like the same story as Trial of Chicago 7. Yeah, I haven't basically. watched it yet because it's too expensive to rent right now for my personal but like, if you went to the if you could go see in the theaters and you'd pay more. That's true. <laughs> uh, hopefully it'll come down sometime soon. Probably after the Oscars. I would think so. Um, well, you can go to a theater, can't you? Aren't theaters open? Oh, yeah, I guess. Maybe I should do that. I would go see a movie in the theater this week if you could. Like, my theaters are open here, too. They're only showing that Bob Odenkirk movie. <laughs> Mr. Nobody? <laughs> Apparently it's really good. Everyone loves it, but I also yeah, don't but... know if that's just a product of not having that many movies out in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My family went and they really enjoyed it. Uh, best Supporting Actor, Sasha Baron Cohen, Chicago 7. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be Daniel Kaluuya winning. Yeah, he won a bunch of the other awards before this. He's he's favored heavily. The uh, actress, sporting actress, the Borat 2 girl is getting a lot of hype. Maria Bakalova? I did not like Borat 2, did you? I haven't seen it. Was it good? Oh. Like, it wasn't as good as Borat 1. <laughs> um, it was kind of disturbing in parts, the Borat 2. Best original if, screenplay. Uh, hopefully, Emerald Fennel. Yeah, I would hope so. Although I think I, there's a lot of good choices here. Yeah, definitely could be. Adapted screenplay, I guess Nomadland. How does it qualify as an adapted screen? I, I don't know. It's, it's I guess based, it was kind of based on a book. It's based on a book, yeah. So uh, well, there you go. Animated feature film. I assume Soul is going to win this. I haven't seen Soul, but apparently it's quite something. Yeah. What else? Um, best original score. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are nominated for two of these. Mank? Mank and, Tenet? and Soul. Oh, they said Soul. How about Tenet getting shut out? The Tenet got best something. Visual, like visual effects. They got visual effects. They should probably win that. It was, 
it was not like a bad movie. This year, Tenet should have gotten something. I'm surprised it didn't get more than one. Like it probably could have gotten the soundtrack. score of Tenet. This, yeah, this that was really good. Yeah, I think they should have a soundtrack Oscar for like. What do you think? Wasn't that like best original score? No, that's like for the composers, like for people picking actual music that already existed to be oh, in the movie, like that. Is there not? Oh, yeah, I guess there's There's, not. like, sound editing. There's I don't know if that qualifies. Sound it. editing, original song. Ugh. I hope they don't perform the original songs like they have before. That's, I hate that part of the Oscars. <laughs> oh, Tenet's also nominated for production design. I would have liked to see uh, Best Picture nomination. <laughs> when was the last time Chris Nolan was nominated for Best Picture? Has he ever been? Dunkirk was, wasn't it? Christopher Nolan. Memento got Best Original Screenplay nomination. Christopher Nolan has been nominated for Best Picture for Inception and Dunkirk. Okay. And he was nominated for Best Director for Dunkirk and twice Best Original Screenplay, Memento, and Inception. Have you seen Memento? I have not. Very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't win any of those Academy Awards that he was just nominated. That's a shame. (laughs) He'll get one. Too bad. Eventually. I assume so. Hopefully. Dunkirk seems to be his most actual, like... Dunkirk and Inception each got a lot. How does Inter- how is Interstellar not nominated for anything like that? I think people were just so confused at the ending that they just refused to nominate Maybe. it. Maybe. They were confused by the 4D bookshelf. The Prestige, too. That was a good movie. Yes. Oh, I just got a notification 20 minutes ago. Man City quit the European, Europe's, ugh, the European Super League. Things are happening. Podcast is already outdated. Oh, Luke Shaw has released a statement. <laughs> read it to me, like Luke Shaw. Would you like? Would you like? Would you like me to read it? Not a minute has passed when I haven't thought about the current situation. I wondered how I could express my opinion without causing any issues for my club, which everyone knows I care about deeply. I grew up watching the Premier League and the Champions League and fell in love with the sport I was watching. What, in my opinion, are the two biggest club competitions in the world. My ambition was to one day be able to play in these competitions, and part of this determination was to show that with hard work, anyone can achieve these dreams and play on the highest stages. There's so much passion around the world for football, and I've been privileged to experience that firsthand. However, I worry that these changes could impact the sport that I and millions of others love. We have been without supporters in stadiums for for over a year now, and I know how much myself and the team have missed them in each and every game. Fans and players should always have a voice and their opinion should always be counted. He didn't even say anything in that statement. <laughs> he just said a bunch of things about how he likes soccer. Thank you, Luke Shaw. He's trying. So, Ed Woodward resigned. No way. That's crazy. Was there a statement? It just happened. 
Spurs are going to stay in Super League. Hope to be the last team in. <laughs> Let's go. I'm so happy that my club is the first to leave. And Liam Gallagher's club was next. Do you follow Liam Gallagher on Twitter? No, does he post good tweets? <laughs> well, he's a massive City fan. He posts a lot. Okay. All six Premier League clubs have now reportedly left the Super League. What? That's a, that's a bit of a sus source, so I don't know how... Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a... Might not be completely accurate. Let's see what Fabrizio say. Oh, he hasn't tweeted in three hours. Fabrizio's not like Woj. No, no, he's not always on his phone. I'm sure he has really long calls with people. I'm yeah. pretty sure Woj just has like a phone dedicated for tweeting. Real Madrid president says the Super League will save football. Paris is <laughs> such a meme. So there we go. I think that concludes our podcast. Yep. It's time for me now to watch Chelsea. I can be proud of them for leaving the Super League. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I've had it. It was very enjoyable. Maybe our longest podcast yet. I think we say that every time we cross an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. Yes. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.